Clarence McCartney was an American pastor back last century. Every year he would preach a particular sermon. It was simply entitled, Come Before Winter. Come Before Winter. And we have read it tonight. It's our text for tonight. It's found there in verse 21. Every year for 40 years he would preach this sermon. At the same time every year. He started off in 1915 and that was when he preached it for the first time in Philadelphia in the church that he was the pastor of. And for the next 40 years, every year, he would preach this sermon. And it it came to be known as the most famous sermon of the 20th century. Come before winter. He preached it for the final time in Pittsburgh in 1955. In the second church that he was the pastor of. So between the two churches in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, he preached this text 40 times. I want to preach from this text tonight and just take these three simple words from from the passage we've read tonight. And I want to leave them with you folks this cold Sunday evening, I want to just tell you tonight that you need to come before winter. This is Paul's last request. This is uh, Paul's last wish before he uh, dies a martyr's death. This is Paul's last request to Timothy. He says to young Timothy, come before winter. This is Paul's final invitation to Timothy. He wants Timothy to come before winter. See, Timothy is hundreds of miles away from Paul at this point. The apostle is in a Roman prison, a cold, unpleasant Dirty, dank Roman prison, not like the prisons that we have today that are more like hotels. But this was a very different kind of prison. And from this prison in the city of Rome, Paul sends the message to Timothy, come before winter. It was Paul's final invitation to his son in the faith. Wonder tonight, could it be That this is Christ's final invitation to you. Come before winter. The Lord Jesus is saying to you tonight, I've no doubt, I'm 100% convinced about it. If you're not a believer, this is what he's saying to you tonight. Just three words. The Lord Jesus loves to keep it simple. He's the most simple preacher who ever preached, the most wonderful preacher who ever preached, so easy to understand. And this is his simple message tonight. After we've heard our brother's testimony, just as we come to the end of the meeting, just three words that Jesus wants you to to grasp hold of tonight. Come before winter. 
That's a lovely word, come, you know, isn't it? Come, C-O-M-E. That word is found 2,701 times in the Bible. We think of Genesis chapter 7, and there you have Noah. And uh, Noah has built the ark. God has instructed him to do it. People would have called him a conspiracy theorist. Noah, there's never going to be any rain. There never ever has been rain up until now. Noah, have you lost your marbles? You're building this giant ship. And there's never ever been a drop of rain that has ever fallen to the earth. But Noah was no conspiracy theorist. And I tell you, the folk in his day realized it whenever the first raindrops started to fall. But you remember the lovely invitation of the Lord to Noah and his family. Genesis 7.1 Come thou and all thy house into the ark. Come. The Lord is saying that to you tonight if you're not saved. Come. And your family can come too. And folks, isn't that a lovely promise of household salvation right there in the opening book of the Bible? Come thou and all thy house. The Lord is going to save us. Uh, those of us and those of you in the meeting tonight are not saved and he's going to save your family too. Those of you who are saved, he's going to save your family. Take heart tonight. Don't be discouraged even if they're not saved as yet. The Lord will give you household salvation. Come, it's a wonderful word, a word of invitation. Think of Isaiah. We all know the verse, uh, chapter 118. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Come now, that's the message for tonight. Come now, not, not tomorrow. Come now. Come tonight. The last night, the last Sunday night before winter. Isaiah chapter 55, come ye to the waters. Come ye to the waters. It's, it's inviting the sinner to come to the wells of salvation. I had a wee man called at the house during the week. He, he had seen the, the stone on the outside of the house and he, he, he called to see if he could get a few samples. The wee man who used to own Villa's Bar, Damien, if any of you know him, called at the house. Started to talk of telling me about the pub and how he'd owned it. Said, Reverend Campbell, you, you would probably you probably wouldn't approve of that. All I said to him was, Damien, would I tell you all that matters is that you drink from the wells of salvation. As long as you take a drink of the living water that Jesus gives from the wells of salvation. That's all that matters. You pray for that, dear man. God's good, isn't he? The, the folk that he brings across your path. Pray for grace to take every opportunity. Come unto me, all ye that labor. Matthew chapter 11, again, come, the invitation. The Bible's full of this word. Suffer the little children to come unto me. See, see it's all about coming unto Jesus Come on to me, the Savior says. He doesn't say, come to the church. Because he knows that the church can't save anybody. 
come to religion. That's not what Jesus says, because religion can do nothing for you. Come on to me. And it's only when you get to Jesus and when you come to him that you get the real thing. Timothy has already told us tonight about how he came to Jesus at the summer camp. Doesn't really matter, folks, where you come, as long as you come to him. Come and dine. Remember that? The Lord Jesus had risen from the dead. And he wanted to meet with Peter and the other disciples because they were so dejected and so discouraged and were about to throw the towel in and go back to the fishing business. But Jesus wanted to restore them and recommission them and he makes breakfast for them on the beach. And they see the Lord on the shore and 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 he's preparing breakfast for them. And then he says, come and dine, come and dine. You know, the Lord Jesus says that to you tonight. Come and dine. Come to the banquet of salvation. You see, being a Christian is, is a feast. Some people have the, have the strange notion that it's like a funeral. You become a Christian and uh, all of a sudden you become very sad and very miserable. Before you're saved, you're so happy. And you're having, you know, life's going well and you have a smile on your face. But then you become a Christian and you get a load of rules and regulations and you're all sad and life's miserable. And it's just an endurance from there on. And I want to tell you that nothing could be further from the truth. You'll only experience true joy when you come to Jesus. You'll only experience abundant life when you come to him. Would you not do what Timothy has done? What many in the meeting have done? And would you not come before winter? You won't need to take any lateral flow test to come to Jesus. You won't need a vaccine passport to come to him either. You'll not need to do a PCR test before you come to him. Because you see, he's got the vaccine for the virus of sin that is ruining your life. And the vaccine is his precious blood. That's the vaccine for the virus of sin. And I tell you good folks, that's a virus that we ought to be concerned about. Because you see, COVID could take your life, but this virus that we call sin, it could, it could damn your soul in hell forever. Tell you that's a lot worse, isn't it? But Jesus has the vaccine. He's got the, the cure. He's got the antidote. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. The blood cleansed Timothy. The blood has cleansed many in the meeting tonight. But is there someone who has never experienced the power of the blood? Oh, I tell you, there's nothing like it. When you experience that cleansing for yourself, you know you can't help but sing about the blood and think about the blood and praise the Lord for the blood. It becomes your theme for the rest of your life. 
because you know that only the blood of Jesus can gain you access into heaven. You see, folks, the blood is the passport to heaven. Come, Paul says to Timothy. But he says, come before winter. I wonder why Paul asked Timothy to come before winter. Why didn't Paul just say, uh, Timothy, come when it suits you. Come when you have, uh, when, when, it, when it's convenient for you. When you get all the, your, your, your work in Ephesus all cleared up and uh, you, you're, you, you're ready to come. And uh, when, when it suits you and the time is right, just you come. Uh, I don't want to put any pressure on you. I'm not telling you when to come. Just come whenever it's, it's uh, suitable for you. But Paul doesn't, doesn't say that. No, Paul, Paul is urgent here. He says, Timothy, please come before winter. wonder why he said that. Why, why did he tag those two words on? Why didn't he just say, Timothy, come. Come to Rome sometime. Come and see me in the prison. Why did he say, come before winter? There's two reasons for it. First reason, all ships would be in port during the winter as it was too dangerous for sailing. As soon as the autumn season was over, all the ships in the Mediterranean would go into the port and there'd be no more sea voyages until the spring. So Timothy, if you're coming, you need to be quick so that you get a ship to Rome. And if you're not quick, Timothy, you're, you will miss your opportunity. Timothy, don't leave it too long. Time's running out. You need to come because winter's coming. I want to say tonight, if you're not a Christian, if you don't know Timothy's Savior, you need to hurry up. Time is running out. Not long until winter now. About three days, isn't it? Wednesday. First of December. Mind you, says you, uh, the, the temperature at the minute, winter has come early. But Timothy, don't delay. Don't, don't put it off. Timothy, I, I plead with you, I, I beg you, drop everything and come to me. Come before winter. You know, the Lord Jesus pleads with sinners tonight to come. And to come tonight. And to come without delay. Come to the Savior, make no delay. Here in his word he has shown us the way. Here in our midst he's standing today tenderly saying, come. Well, you know, there was a second reason why Paul pleaded with Timothy to come before winter. And it was because Paul was about to die a martyr's death. Paul was on borrowed time. Nero was on the throne and Paul was about to be executed for the cause of Christ. He was about to die a martyr's death. He tells us there in verse 7, 
Or verse 6, I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Timothy, please come because I don't have much time left. Paul was about to give his life just as his Savior had given his life that sinners might be saved. Paul was about to give his life for the cause of the gospel. What an example he is to us in these days, a man of courage. Would put us to shame, wouldn't he? Come before winter, Timothy. Time's running out for you and uh, time's running out for me. You need to be quick. Now, I believe that's the message that the Lord would have you to consider tonight and to consider it very, very seriously. If you're not saved, time's running out. If you're a backslider, like our brother, like the person speaking to you right now, for he was a backslider too, you can come back to the Lord. Oh, I tell you, he'll welcome you back with open arms. He'll not hold a grudge against you. A lot of Christians hold grudges, aren't there? A lot of Christians like that. Keep records, boy. Anybody does them anything wrong, never forget it. It's like the elephant. Spiritual elephants. But the Lord Jesus is not like that. He's oh so different. In spite of all the sins that, in spite of all our sins that nailed him to the tree, he stands risen and exalted, the Lord of glory at the Father's right hand, and his arms are wide open to welcome the sinner, to welcome the backslider. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Charlotte Elliot was the granddaughter of John Venn, an outstanding preacher, and was in early life light-hearted and happy. When a godly preacher from Switzerland, a friend of her parents, was staying at their home, Charlotte very abruptly told him to mind his own business when he asked her if she was a Christian. He did not reply to the rude rebuff, but Charlotte was troubled in conscience. And one day when the visiting speaker was strolling in the garden, she approached him and apologized for her rudeness to him. And she said, I should like to come to Christ, but I don't know how. The minister's reply was simply this, come just as you are. It was not long until she came to the Savior. Years later, at the age of 45, in ill health and great weakness of body, while all the other members of her family were attending a service, she lay in bed overcome with the thought of her own uselessness. She then took pen and paper and wrote the hymn, Just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God.
I come. Little did she realize that this great hymn would be used by God in days to come to the blessing and salvation of many souls. Come before winter. We're going to have that hymn as we close. It's 339. 339. Just as I am without one plea. But that thy blood was shed for me and that thou bidst me come to thee. O Lamb of God, I come. We're going to sing it to the alternative tune. The, the alternate tune's a nice tune. And we're going to try that tonight as we close our meeting. Please, let's stand together as we sing. <clears throat> Let's stand. <clears throat> 